0: Mark chapter 9. Okay, last time, uh, and this is kind of important. Verse 28 and 29, when he was coming to the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast him out? They're timid about asking Jesus questions. And he doesn't have a big problem with that. And he doesn't give them uh, the business. How dare you ask me questions? What is this questioning? Uh, He just answers, and he said unto them, this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. And we talked about that Wednesday night. I think we had a good discussion. And they Now, the reason I'm picking it up is because they're going to be afraid to ask him a question. And we'll talk about why the possible reasons. Okay, verse 30. And they departed thence and passed through Galilee, and he would not that any man should know it. It's kind of his M.O. For he taught his disciples and said to them, The Son of Man is delivered into the hands of men, and they shall kill him. And after that he is killed, he shall rise the third day. But they understood not that saying and were afraid to ask him. Now, the question is, why they don't understand that? He said it plainly. This is the third time he said it. Uh, in the homework, I'll give you the prior two verses, and you can look at them. Jesus was rebuked by Peter. Don't tell me Peter didn't understand what Jesus was saying. He understood it so much that he rebuked him. <laughs> far from you, Lord. You remember. So what did they get, dumber? The word here, they understood not. could be they didn't understand, or they ignored. They didn't grasp it. Like you and I, a lot of things, because we don't, we don't want the answer. And I think this is, how did, how did they not understand? And how were they afraid to ask him? They're not afraid to ask him anything, as I just proved. In next chapter, uh, the Pharisees came to him and asked him, is it lawful for man to put away his wife, tempting him? And he gives them the answer and basically says, it's, it's not lawful. It's permissible... Because of the hardness of your heart, so Moses gave a, a way out. Not a law, certainly not a commandment. And his disciples, verse 10, asked him again of the same matter. And he, he's very straightforward with them. He said unto them, whosoever shall put away his wife, marry another, committeth adultery against her. Any questions? If a woman shall put away her husband and be married to another, she committeth adultery. They asked, he answered, no rebuke no, uh, it, it, and why is that important to us? Because God says, "If anyone's a- ask wisdom, let him ask, and He will give you an answer. He gives liberally, and He upbraideth not." Is there a hint of upbraiding here? So why are they afraid to ask Him in verse thirty-two? Because they didn't want the answer. If you ask me, and that's that's, and so I give you the answer. The homework, first homework, one of the homework questions. Why are they afraid to ask them? I, have you ever had that, like, yeah, I want to go away f- uh, with my friends and golf for the weekend, and, you know, money's a problem. Uh, You've you got a lot of things uh, around the house that need to be done, so you're dreading that conversation you're going to have. Uh, because you don't, lo- you, want, you don't want the answer. You want to go golfing. You want to go fishing. You want to do what you want to do. So we're having this conversation thinking, oh, this ain't going to go real good. So we're kind of dreading it. I think that's the whole thing here. Um, they're ignoring the fact that he's, this is the third time he told them that, and they're afraid to ask because they don't want to hear the answer. Peter took him aside and said, hey, that ain't happening. What about the kingdom? And he's all like, get behind me, Satan. So I, th- I think they understood. And when it says they understood not, it, it's, they didn't. Hey, look, a lot of time people will either feign ignorance or ignore things. Uh, you know, ignorant, think about ignorant in this sense, ignorance. It's not what you think about. It's not on the radar. It's not what you're focusing on. Why? Because you don't want to focus on it. Because you don't want it to be the way things are. And that's, I think, a a problem with a lot of people, a lot of church issues. We don't ask God. We don't want the answer. (laughs) It's not that we don't know. It's kind of we suspect. And so guess what? I'm not asking. He's not answering. And then later on, I can play the, oh, nobody told me. I'll play the Mickey the Dunce card, and I'll be okay. I don't think it works that way. I really don't. And here, they don't ask him, and they're afraid to ask him. Why? What would he have said? He would have said, just explained it out to them. And he came to Capernaum. Being in the house, he asked them, what was it that you disputed among yourselves by the way? So he's probably ahead, walking. Maybe he's talking with one of them. Maybe he's having prayer time. And they're kind of following behind at enough of a distance so that he can't hear them. Does he know what's going on? Listen, Jesus always knows what's going on. Is that a comfort to you, or does that stress you out? Depends what you're doing, right? (laughs) You know, uh, you're doing something for the Lord. You're hoping he's paying attention. Don't worry. A cup of cold water, it's all scored. There's nothing. You're never out of his attention. Never. Again, you say, well, that's not so good. Well, if you're sinning, it's not so good. Again, you know, secret sin here on earth is open scandal in heaven. There's no secret going on with God. He asked the question not because he's trying to find out an answer, because he's trying to initiate a conversation, of course. What was it that you disputed among yourselves, by the way? They held their peace. Why? <laughs> because they're ashamed of what they... They know better. They know better. Uh, for, by the way, they disputed among themselves who should be the greatest. Now, there's another question that's going to come up Wednesday night. Is it wrong to want to be the greatest? Is it wrong to want to be the greatest in the kingdom? I think the question, it's the wrong, probably the wrong question to ask. Why do you want to be the greatest? You know, um, you know, they have a, a, a gym uh, at Bangor, and they work out. Strong for Jesus is what they want. Is that is that a bad thing? If you're a poser, and you're in front of the mirror, and you're looking over yourself, and you're kind of all... Buff and you want to look, you know, ripped, and for the sake of you know, vainglory in your appearance, I I would have a problem with that. If you want to be strong to serve Jesus with strength, well, let let God be the judge. I I I, I wouldn't I wouldn't think that's a problem. You, you see, so is it one? I want to be the greatest in the kingdom. Is that is that a problem? Why? For what? I want the Word of God to go through the whole planet and to resonate in everybody, every last woman, man, woman, and child to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I want to be great in my scope of my ministry. Problems with that? Because, frankly, I, I don't. I think that's a wonderful thing. Do I want my name to be great? When people set things by my name. You know, um, back a generation ago, not even a half generation ago, 20 years ago, TV evangelism was a big thing. And people would have a ministry and they would name it after them. And they would have a Bible college and they would name it after them. And they would have, you know, I don't want to say a name. And everything would be, because I want to be prominent. I want, because you can start a Bible college, and I don't know that that's a bad thing. I don't think Moody Bible College was named it was named after Moody, but I don't think Moody founded it and named it after himself. I think it was a different era back then. But to you know start a ministry and then name it after yourself. I just, listen, I just want the most downloads. i want to be number one on uh, YouTube and uh, Poller and, uh, uh, you know, I want to have the most tweets and I want to have the most followers and I just want to, well, again, what's the motivation? My own personal fame and glory. I don't mind if God is glorious in my shadow. And that's a problem, isn't it? That's a that's a big problem, isn't it? So, but they want to be, I think, great in the kingdom for their own personal glory, and Jesus, he doesn't rebuke them. He just refocuses. Now, let's let's look at it. He sat down, called the twelve, and said unto them, "If any man desire to be first, okay, I get it." The same shall be least of all and servant of all. Hey, let me tell you the way to be first. Be everybody's servant. He gives them the method. It's a a backwards, upside down, anti-worldly method. Some people are coming on to it. They're talking about servant leadership in in corporate boardrooms across America. Good. Apply any kingdom principle. It's bound to succeed. Uh, I want to get, you know, get up to the top of the corporate structure. I want to be the, you know, first the vice president and the president and the CEO and the whatever letters are associated with big power. And I want my own jet. I want my parking space. I want my executive office suite and a whole floor on top of the big high rise. And, and people chase that. And I think it's kind of a silly pursuit and empty my own self. We have our own different ways of doing it. We're in Maine. It's not, you know. We think <laughs> you get three stories. You get a skyscraper. You know, we you know, uh, Bangor is not a, a city. Uh, Waterville is not a city of skyscrapers. You know, we what, what does an executive office in, in 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 Fairfield look like? Right, I don't even know. You know, uh, we have, but we have our own ways of doing it. We have our own ways of being great, but. In contradistinction, Jesus says, you want to be great. I I want you to be great, too. Be the servant of all. And we know what that looks like. Look, um, most churches, um, there's plenty of people who will play instruments and lead worship. There's plenty of people who will stand in for the preacher when 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 he's absent. And people want fame or prestige, I don't think we have that problem here. I, no, I really don't think we have that problem here. I don't think it's a, when I ask somebody, you know, to I'm, I'm be on vacation or, I don't know if I've ever been sick. <laughs> I, I've been sick, but I mean, we were all closed down at that time. No, I, no, it was one time, the Easter, I remember, I was sick and you guys all weren't. Um, usually it's a it's a oh me okay I'll do it not you know like oh you know let me at them kind of thing and I, and I don't think but still even in our church <clears throat> other churches you know big churches they don't they don't fight over like who gets to park cars or who gets to clean toilets you know the bathrooms here are always clean saying you do that yeah well, I wish I mean I don't get that that's a that's a bonus that's a big the gifts the, the what God's gonna give for that service is, I can't even imagine. But they get cleaned all the time. I don't have to mention names. Uh, I'll say her initials are Sue's, but that's but but that's what I'm ta- talking about. <clears throat> what needs to be done and stepping up and doing it. You don't think she enjoys that. It needs to be done. Um, anyone can do that. We're not, you know, we didn't, you know, Say, okay, we're going to start a church. And Susan says, I dibs bathrooms. I, I'm cleaning them out. If anyone even comes anywhere close to them, I'll rip their arm off. I forget it. It's my, that never, never happened. Like again, just uh, how do I serve? How can I, what can I do? What, well, what needs to be done? <clears throat> if any man desire to be first, the same shall be last of all, the servant of all. He took a child and set him in the midst of them. I think he's in Peter's house, and I think it's Peter's son. And I think of the fact that he took a child, this is someone who knew Jesus and had no problem coming to him. I don't think any children had uh, any problem coming to Jesus. I think he's, you know, the hucksters and the those uh, selling, making merchandise at the temple, when they saw the fire in his eyes, they were they were backpedaling furiously. But this great wrath was never aimed at children. And so they, they were comfortable around Jesus. He he said he took a child. He set him in the midst of them. When he had taken him in his arms, he said unto them, "Who shall receive one of such uh, of such children in my name receiveth me? And whosoever receiveth me receiveth not me, but him that sent me." We can talk about Anne here, but I think her reward is obvious too. Uh, children's ministry is where it's at. Look at this. I mean, but you don't have to do ministry to receive a child. Um, Your own children, your own grandchildren. God bless you if you have grandchildren. We know what that's all about. But that doesn't count, okay? (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh, It it doesn't, it doesn't. But receiving children. I mean, think about it. We ain't got no time, but I'm snotty-faced little. That's not how Jesus sees it at all. And what does it mean to receive? With dignity, with ministry in mind, ministering to, uh, taking care of needs, uh again, changing poopy diapers, the nursery people and stuff like that. What what do the rewards look like? I think they're staggering. When I read this, I'm thinking about like, you know, I think of myself as very hard worker. I really do. And I'll if that's somebody who wants to argue with that, well, that's fine. I I don't hold a candle to Sue's. Not even a little bit. And I'll, there's others as well. Um and my, my ministry isn't primarily to children. I kind of, there's a part of me I wish it was. It had been, it has been in times past. Whoso receiveth me receiveth not me, but him that sent me. Oh, that comes on the heel of who shall who shall receive one of such children? My name receiveth me. To so receive a child is to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and the Savior. No, in no is. You, <laughs> And whoso receiveth me, Jesus says, receiveth not me, but him that sent me. And John answered him, saying, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name, and he followed not us. And we forbade him, because he followed not us. Now, I don't know what it is in John, Uh, this sounds like a non sequitur, but I think he's just focusing on uh, receiving in my name. And well, he's not with us. We saw one casting out devils in your name. Is that what he's focused on? Is that what grabbed his attention? I, th- I almost think so, right? Because, uh, oh yeah, while well, I'm on the subject about your name. And John focused on that and asked that question. We saw one casting out devils in your name. One of the questions on, uh, on the homework, what about denominations? I think when we all get to heaven, we're going to find out there's two. Jesus' team, and everybody else. I know that message in 21st century America is not palatable. I know. People don't mind Jesus. They really, well, they kind of do. But they really, really hate his exclusivity claims. And they hate us when we say, there's no other way. I can't modify the gospel, the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ... To make the politically correct in America happy, nor do I care to at all. Somebody should say amen about that. I'm just telling you. Look, look. Jesus says, I'm the only way. And people say, Whoa, who does he think he is? Um, he's God. He's God. And he would know if he was the only way. And I know it too. And I'm not lying to you. You think I'm holding out as another way? Um, it was, it was an embarrassing number. It was like 60 or 70% of evangelicals in a, in a poll recently, um, evangelicals didn't believe in the exclusivity claims of Jesus Christ. So I would say that 60% of those who claim to be Christians aren't Christians. I think this is one of those deal breakers. You don't believe in Jesus, only Jesus, as the way to heaven. You're, you're, you're not a Christian. That, i i don't that that's all there is to it i i don't see how you could and by the way, if you think that, why don't you pick something else like Buddhist or something because Christianity's hard, and even with the spirit of God in our hearts we 're pushing against the flesh morning, noon, and night, like every single day you if if there is another way it's going to be easier than christianity why don't you pick that one uh amazing to me uh people who have given their hearts to Jesus Christ don't think he's the only way. That's just, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Of course he's the only way. And it makes people's head explode that we say so. I, I, oh, okay, whatever. I'm not, I've never tried to be politically correct. I've always tried to be biblically correct. This is what the Bible says, it's not what the DNC says, it's not what CNN says, it's not what the, the people who we rub elbows with and work with, it's not what they say, it's only what the Bible says, but I'm only teaching you the Bible, I'm not teaching you CNN, okay, just in case we were all wondering. No, uh, I'm glad by the way that there are denominations, I really am. Different ones at different times have carried the carried the load for all of us. Um, Pentecostals are like way out ahead of us on uh, missions for the last century. Th- they just are. I think our our Bible uh, Baptist brothers have kept the the Bible like in the forefront of for so long. Calvary Chapel is kind of a, the new kid on the block. We haven't been around all that. But what, fifty years or so? I don't know. Maybe even less than that. I'm not sure. But what about before Calvary Chapel? There was plenty of work of God and plenty of denominations. Now, there's a lot of denominations that are politically correct. And when they put that name on the door, that's good. That's just something for me to avoid. It's true. It's true. Am I in the place of God? Am I judged? I just know, like, once you put that rainbow flag out, you ain't got nothing to say to me. You've you've lost all credibility. You don't you don't have you don't you're not going to care about that, that. Tells me you don't care about what the Bible says. You're not going to teach me true Bible. You're going to teach me wokeism. Thanks, whatevs. <laughs> Talk to the hand because my face is all done with you. I, I, I don't care. I don't want to hear that. I mean, we hear it morning, noon, and night. It's preached to us through uh, all the TV and the, and the movies that we watch and the TV shows we watch. And it's preached to us through the news and through politics and everything else. And they haven't got a clue it's what's true. And I don't need it and I don't want it. Let's keep moving. Uh, there's only two denominations, Team Jesus and Team Everything Else. And Jesus said as much. Forbid him not, there is no man which shall do a miracle in my name that can lightly speak evil of me. For he that's not against us is on our part. You know, that guy out there, was he one of the 70 that was sent out? Now he's not one of the 12, so he's still doing, he's still... Doing what Jesus wants them to do. Are they embarrassed because they couldn't cast a demon out earlier in this chapter and this guy has a successful ministry? Is that what this is all about? I don't know. But he's doing the work of God. You know, a lot of people are doing the work of God and they're not doing it in the name of Calvary Chapel. Great! You're not going to heaven because you're part of Calvary Chapel. You sure are not? I didn't go to heaven and say, you know, God's saying, like, who are you? Wow, oh, I was a pastor at Calvary Chapel. Calvary, well, I never heard of it, he's going to say. I'm going to say, I knew your son as my Lord and Savior. And he's going to say, oh, homeboy, come on in. That's how it works. That's how it works. Calvary Chapel wouldn't save anybody. Of course it wouldn't. Jesus saves, and Jesus saves alone. And people who are different from us, and sometimes they believe different from us a little bit. And that's okay. I mean, it's not. Doctrine's important, and we can lovingly have those discussions and that's all we're called on to do. And they name the name Jesus Christ. I love Jesus. I'm saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm going to heaven with, when I die. I believe Jesus is divine. I believe the Bible is the word of God. I believe every word of it. I call that person brother. And the thing, well, I don't really believe that we're going to be out of here before the tribulation. Okay. We will be, and I'll, I'll explain it to you on the way up, but, 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 but that doesn't, that's not a separation of I, I hate you now, and we got to, uh, no, it's not, but a lot of times people have that super separatism kind of thing. What do you do with a verse like this? You're one of those super separatists. What do you do with a verse like this? Not only are you got to separate, you've got to separate from people who don't separate. Well, you, gotta se- you know what I mean? Uh, there's like two levels of separation. i got to separate from that person. Anyone who fellowships with that person who's in error, i got to separate from them too. One of our Calvary chapels down southern end of the state, and I'm not going to name names, had this very problem. You know, well, you can't be listening. This is her- heresy. And, the, and then you name names of people who thought this guy was okay, and he had to separate from that and from the super separation. I always think like, Life's too short. <laughs> I can't keep score. <laughs> I'm losing. You, oh, you love Jesus, brother. You know, and, and then of course if we find out that they're her- heretical in some way, you might want to try to straighten them out or something like that. I mean heretic. I'm not talking about someone who's a little bit because we could have those discussions. People of good conscience can look at a Bible verse and come up with different interpretations. It's true. It's just true. Even in Calvary Chapel circles. Uh forbid him not. There's no man who can do a miracle in my name can speak evil of me, for he that is not against us is on our part. Any questions? Whosoever shall give you a cup of water and my uh, a cup of water to drink in my name, because you belong to Christ. Verily I say unto you, he shall not lose his reward. I think he's back to talking about children again. Jesus keeps track of cups of water. What's the least you can do for somebody? <laughs> you know, there ain't about the very least you can do. Yeah, here's some water. Here you go. The very least, I suppose in a, that climate, a cup of cold water would be a very refreshing thing. Remember our, our friend Mame, the letter of men? Water. Is to give water to somebody to give them the Lord? Is that what's being presented here? I don't think so. I mean, yeah and no. I think he's talking about actual cup of water. You're not going to lose your reward. Now, if you give him Jesus... Don't worry, you're certainly not going to lose your award. Um, and whosoever shall offend one of these little ones. See, he's still talking about little kids. I don't care if the National uh, Education, what is it, NEA, National K- Education Association, man, they're a godless bunch. I'm calling them out. They are wicked, uh, with a side order of wicked, and unrighteous, and unholy. and all that. Well, I know some nice Christians who work at, God bless them. Man, they are in the belly of the beast. And I think it's a wonderful thing that they're there trying to do what they can. Boy, I'd be you've got to be ready to lose your job in a moment's notice and hang on to that job real loosely because if you espouse what they're telling us to espouse to our children, that's great wickedness. And I say it's not going to go well. Let's read it. Whosoever, whosoever, whosoever I don't care. You know, because this is a thing, too. We're a big group. What are you going to do to us, Jesus? In the Bible, in the Proverbs, it says, uh, though hand be in hand they're still going to be condemned. God says, I can judge you as a team. I can judge you as an individual. It's all the same to me. You can you know, we're, we're standing against you, God. He's like, whatevs, and throws the whole lot of them right into the hell. It's not a big problem with him. It's not like, you know, right makes might. There's more of us than there is of him so that he, we win. No, <laughs> no, not at all. Whosoever, and however many there are of them, Whosoever shall offend one of these little ones. And if you teach that you came from a a, a great explosion, and you're an animal, and there's really no meaning to life, and there is no right and wrong, and you can be assigned a a gender at birth, but you can't transition to another one. God help you. You are offending one of these little ones. I want you to understand that. And there's no excuse. And there's no hiding. And I don't care if I'm part of team. Well, I've got to earn a living. I get a little bit excited about this. Because we have skin in the game. So you can't send your children to public school. I never said that. I never said that. Our kids went to public school, and I think they were a little ahead of the curve. They, weren't, they, had put, they had put up with some nonsense stuff like this, but we had dinner every night, and we had a chance to deprogram, and we had a, we had a time with them and stuff, and, and, and of course, it wasn't that bad at the time. There was no gender reassignment, wasn't a big, oh, they had tomboy friends, okay, who liked to play baseball with them. It was like, no big deal, okay, d- Fine. But even then, I wonder sometimes if we did right by him, sending him to public school. But anyway, you know, you know my son; and he's he's a good guy, and he isn't no worse for wear, it seems. But one of them is not so uh, walking with the Lord, and you know, we wonder what effect school might have had. Whosoever shall offend one of these little ones that believe in me, it's better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he were cast into the sea. This isn't something that's easily shed. Think about like, you know, tied on real tight. They throw a cement block overboard and you're going overboard with it. You are not going to swim with a cement block around you. Now, a millstone's bigger than that. Nothing is more nightmarish to me. Nothing is more nightmarish to me. I can swim like a fish. I promise you I can. Not a problem. Millstone, up, no. No, no. Strong swimmer. I'll take two strokes down. Done, down, 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 down into the depths. You're thinking that and that, stop. I'm going to have nightmares. That is nightmares. No, that's better. That would be better. That's what he says. It would. It is better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he were cast into. What God has planned for you, you will. You would wish for a millstone. Is Jesus in the millstone manufacturing? Right now, getting ready for people to... No, 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 no. He's not. It's worse what he's got planned. You think it's, oh, we can teach him anything we want. We can control them, and we can say what's right and we can say what's wrong. And Because, you know, what's right and what's wrong is what we say. We don't care about what God... Oh, you really think that? You really think that, huh? You keep thinking that. You keep thinking that. It's going to be a day that you wish for a millstone. That's what it's saying. Adam, you're really kind of... I don't I don't want us to miss this. This is big doings. God is very very serious about these these children. You know, they bring children unto him to bless and the disciples are like get, God master get time you little snot nose. Get him out of here. You got, Jesus is very indignant. It's the only time scripture is phrases used. I I've been waiting for eternity to get into a time so I could get one of these little ones and hold him in my arm and now you're trying to steal them away and he's really indignant with the, with the guys Jesus loves children and I think as we love Jesus don't we love children as well I mean it, the closer you get to Jesus the more your heart is for so it, I think it's near and dear to all of our hearts near and dear to all of us if the right-hand offend thee, cut it off. Wait, what? Yeah, because y- you teach. For instance, what, well, I got to teach? I got I to gotta make a living? <laughs> really? No. If you right-hand offend thee, cut it off. Get rid of it. It's better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands going to hell and the fire that shall never be quenched where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Sit with that for a second. Well, Adam, it means, no, it means what it means. He doesn't give us, he thought, this is awful. Sin is so awful. You'd rather go, if if your hand was the problem, you should just think about cutting your hand right off. Now, before you pick up the bandsaw, I'm going to explain a few things. But I want to tell you about hell. I n- I never, I'm never happy about preaching about hell, but the fire is never quenched in hell. People talk about, you know, the keg party, and oh, I be so walking around, shaking hands with all my friends, I ain't going to have time for... Kate, make, play those little mind games. Do whatever you want, but at some point, sit and think about what this is actually saying. Where, their, where the fires never quench, where their worm dieth not. Oh, great, maggots, I hate worms, they're disgusting. I don't think that's what it's talking about. I think it's talking about what's, what's eating you, what's eating on you. I, I was in church, I was right there. I, I heard the gospel. I knew it was right, and I should have responded. That, that would kind of eat at you. Uh, if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter halt into life than having two feet to be cast into hell into the fire that never shall be quenched, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. If thy eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. So you say, okay, I do have a problem with my hands. I think I'm going to cut them off. Well, Okay, if you have to, but consider this. I think of like Long John Silver, like didn't he have like a patch over his eye, a wooden leg and like a hook on his hand? <laughs> and he still was pirating and plundering and raping and pillaging and stuff like this. So you can cut off your hand if you want, if you think that's the problem. He's giving us, he's saying that would be better, but it might not be the answer. You need a heart change, is what we need. We don't need a. Uh, you you pluck your eye out, you'll still lust with the other eye. You can pluck out both eyes and be totally blind. I don't think it's going to cure lust. I I don't. And and you know think about you know, your foot taking you to places where you wouldn't be. Or Think about your hand doing things you wouldn't do. You need change. Changing of, of the heart. You need a heart change. You need a heart transplant. Let me tell you how to do that. If any man be in Christ, is a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. People tell me that, that ha- transformation has happened to them. And they're still consumed by sin, pornography, drug or alcohol use. Oh, I'm a new creature in Christ. Pass, the, pass me the bottle. Wait, what? I, I don't understand how that works. This demon comes out with nothing but by prayer and fasting, total abstinence from... That's how I look at it. Uh, but isn't the spirit in us the spirit of self-control? Bitterness. Hey, th- that's easy. Forgive. Easy peasy. Um, what's eating at you? What's 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 draining of all your resources? What's your problem? What's 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 got you by the throat? Let's make that the matter of most utmost prayer. I. I don't have a better answer than that, but I think people who are not. You talk about the conversion, but I always think, what are you converted from? What are you converted to? Has conversion taken place? Everyone shall be salted with fire. That's the that's question. That's the last question. So you're reading a lot of, uh, everyone shall be salt with fire, and every sacrifice shall be sacrificed with salt. That last half of that verse isn't in like the NIV, or I don't know if it's in the New American Standard, but it harks back to Leviticus chapter two, all the food, like the the, the salt in that. Um, but remember, you're the salt of the earth, right? Everyone shall be salted with fire. What does it mean to be salted with fire? Well, so, you know, read uh, like the um, commentary that David Guzik has on Blue Letter Bible, and to be salted with fire is like to go through the when you have trials and tribulations in your life and that's how I don't know why he married those two verses together the guy who and David Guzik is just quoting him and I don't know if David Guzik believes in that or not I I, I think a lot of times we connect dots in such a random fashion that they don't really connect Um, when I think of fire I think of like our God is a consuming fire I think we're all going to stand before God and the fire is, the, is judgment or the fire is the judgment because Jesus is judged for our sins, judgment of our works. Uh, First Corinthians, it talks about like our works being judged with fire and everything burns up or it's made purer because it's gold, silver, precious jewels wouldn't be hurt by fire at all. I think that's what's being talked about here. You tell me what you think. Everyone shall be salted with fire. Every sacrifice shall be salted uh, sh- shall be salted with salt. And remember, you salty are supposed to be a living sacrifice. Romans chapter twelve, verse one. And I think this is what's kind of being talked about because this is the way to get to not be millstone boy. This is the way to to, to get a- away from being. Yeah, you'll have an arm that is trouble. you have an eye that's trouble. you have a, a foot that's trouble. I, 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 I totally get it. I totally get it. Well, how do, we, how do we? Well, you're the salt of the earth. And we need to you know, sacrifice ourselves on the altar of God. A living sacrifice. We need to take up our cross daily and follow him. We need to become great by becoming servants of all. You see how this all ties together? Salt is good. My doctor doesn't think so, but again, he's probably not a Bible man. So he always tells me, "Lay off the salt." I'm like, I don't even have salt. I mean, we don't have salt every great once in a while. You shouldn't have any. It's like, yeah, how could you, you? One, you can't live without salt. Okay. But two, it's in all the prepackaged, The salt in everything, okay? It's really ubiquitous in our society. But I have a salt shaker on I mean, we do sometimes, but I don't generally use it very sparingly on just a few things. I mean, I really don't. One, she's a superb cook, as I said a thousand times, and usually she makes stuff, and it's really flavorful and good already, and usually doesn't need salt. But I will tell you this, salt is good. Um, but if salt has lost its saltness. Now, salt can't really do that. You know, sodium chloride is sodium and chloride. It's not, you can't, un, those are elements, okay? You'd have to change the elements. But there is like lesser grade salt made up of a lot of different things and it can lose its savor. If the salt has lost its saltness, wherewith will you season it? How can you resalt salt is what he's saying? <laughs> That's a good question. Have salt in yourselves and have peace one with another. Now back to by, uh, back to partisanship in the body of Christ. See, it's all ties together. Hey, we saw the guy, and he was casting out demons in your name. Don't forbid him. Have salt in yourselves. You're the salt of the earth, and have peace one with another. Um, we're supposed to be we are exclusively the salt of the earth. You remember when he says it's, we call it the similitudes. You're the salt of the earth. You uh, you're the light of the world. The word is you're salt. You and you alone are the salt of the earth. What is salt do? It preserves. It adds flavor. It makes people thirsty. It's all those things. You know people preach whole sermons on that. Add your own column of what salt does. But you are the salt of the earth. Don't lose your savor. Don't. Remember your purpose. Remember the reason we're here. Focus on the. I want to expand the kingdom of Jesus Christ. I want to set the captive free. Is that your heart of hearts? I want to be great in the kingdom, doing that not for my own self, for the. I want to. I want as many people, you know, in that arc of safety when the floods come, the great tribulation. I want. I want people to know Jesus. So I think you know these are verses again, spend time with them later on, and we'll talk about them Wednesday, but I think these are the type of things that you know you pray through uh cut your eye out, yeah, if it's your last <laughs> ditch attempt, I think you'll find it, it won't it won't work for you i I think what you need is a is a is a heart transplant. you need to give your heart to Jesus Christ. Lord, I've given you my whole life, and I'm I'm mired in sin. You're the Savior. Save me. And then work like a fool. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. There really is a getting on with it type of, okay, I think I've said all the things I'm going to say today, and our time is spent, so we'll go go out of here singing. Let's uh, stand. Let's pray. Lord, we would be your servants. We would be servant of all. We would be great in the kingdom, not for our own sakes, Lord, not for vainglory. Lord, we want to exalt the name of a great king. And in this place, Lord, where we live, you're not so much named uh, except as a swear word among many. We would change that. We would have an effect. We pray that you would bless us to such a degree that people around us would taste our saltiness, Lord. That they would be thirsty. They would hunger and thirst after righteousness and after you. And Lord, bless us to that end. Now may the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Amen.